Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. line is blowing up with uh, anger at you. George Clooney first appeared on Facts of Life. Oh, idiot. Not Roseanne. So I There mean, goes that's... your credibility. I'm sorry. <laughs> what I meant to say was my first time seeing him. <laughs> Very nice. So uh, the big story in Northern California certainly is the fatal shooting of one Stefan Clark by Sacramento police on Sunday night. He was shot in his grandparents' backyard. Um, a great deal has been made of that. He had actually returned to his grandparents' backyard after committing several crimes or so it would seem, minor crimes granted, but uh, the police thought his cell phone was a gun and shot him 20 times. He is deceased. Members of the community are pretty damned unhappy about that, black people in particular. There was a march at City Hall uh, that was supposed to be just a rally. It became a march. They blocked I-5, Interstate 5, running through downtown Sacramento, The five, if you're listening in certain parts of the state. Certainly. Uh, And then they moved on to the Golden One Arena, which is where the Sacramento Kings play their basketball, and they prevented thousands of people from going into the game, forming a human chain. I read about this. 
summary. I read about this in the New York Post last night, so it got national attention. Our longtime colleague, Monica Lowe, who is sitting in the studio with us now, uh, happened to be uh, it just attending occurred, the game. What it just occurred to, to me. What? The last time we were on the air together was probably 20 years ago. Should We should make an appointment to do this every 20 years. That's exciting. <laughs> I think we both had more hair then. <laughs> if I'm kicking in 20 years, I'll be pleased. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Monica, so you tried to go to the game. What happened? Well, I had a free ticket. So I tried to go to the game, and I heard some... You're such a radio person. When you're in radio, that's when you go. (laughs) It's about the swag, folks. So I'm I'm walking up there, and I hear chanting, and at first I'm thinking, well, maybe the cheerleaders are out there, you know? This will be fun. And as I got closer, I realized, oh, you know, it's not the chanting, it's the protesters, and they looked angry but peaceful, and everyone was kind of walking by saying, you're not going to get in, you're not going to get in. And uh, we realized quickly, my friend and I, that, you know, it might be better to go upstairs to the fabulous hotel that overlooks the concourse and have a cocktail and some meatballs because it was happy hour. That's... And, uh, you know, have a drink and a meatball. Hey, you know, I did the women's march. I was out there at the women's march. I know what it's like to be upset about things. Mm-hmm. And I just knew it's probably not good to be near people that are upset, like all those ticket holders that and wanted to get inside. Available. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if, right. you, if, oh, yeah. You, if you if you're not in radio and you didn't get a free ticket, you're thinking, hey, I paid one hundred and fifty bucks for this. Yeah. So those were the people I were wor- I was worried about, you know, the ticket holders that wanted to yeah. get in. And that would make you know, me mad. Yeah, so we went upstairs, and I thought, well, just in case, you know, I'll turn on the camera. So I, I Facebook lived a little bit, and there was lots of chanting and so on. But the people that were upstairs, you could hear them just saying, well, maybe we should go shopping. Well, maybe we should order another drink. You know, it was a whole different life upstairs versus what was happening downstairs. It's a metaphor, folks. Yeah. Uh, do we have a tape of the angry, angry protesters, Sean? We don't need to take months and years. We need something to change right now. We need something that's going to change now, that'll be put in effect by today or tomorrow. Something that'll be put in, in, in frame or in picture or something by Monday or something. But it's not cool, bruh. This is not cool, bruh. I'm all, I'm all for peaceful pro- protests. I guess that's what we need to know from an eyewitness is how, how scary was it or how peaceful was it? Well, it was scary enough that people were told, you're not getting into this basketball stadium. Don't try, white guy. Hmm. Um, I heard one guy saying, look, you don't understand how it is to be black in America, blah, blah, blah. I don't. You're feeling uncomfortable now. We feel uncomfortable every day. You're not getting into the ball game. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I knew enough that I wasn't even going to try it. They had all the doors blocked, and they looked upset, and I, you know. Well, somebody so says that to me. Yeah, I would think, well, I'm, not, I'm either going to try to fight my way in or, or leave, and I'd probably leave. But the police were nearby, and they were just kind of watching. They were there in case something happened, but basically they just sat back and... Uh, Watched it unfold. Oh, really? Yeah. They didn't say, hey, you got to let people into this private business? No, no. Squarely Mm -hmm. in the Joe Getty category of the cure being worse than the disease. And I'll tell you what. And, you know, I want to play what uh, the owner of the King said on the basketball court, because it's it's pretty notable in in some ways, some of them ironic. But um, there are a lot of basketball games. And if the cops were to start fighting these people and... People were fighting to get in, et cetera, et cetera. It'd blow up. It'd become a huge deal. And I'll tell you what's going to happen, what always happens with these things, in which it's not clearly one thing or the other. One side's going to shout one thing. The other side's going to shout the other thing. Sooner or later, the energy will dissipate, and we'll move on with our lives. And I guarantee you that's what the cops were thinking. Mm. So We should get together on the radio every 20 years. You know what's the most amazing thing? What's that? That we... uh last spoke on the radio 20 years ago, that we're all still employed in the radio industry. That's awesome. That it's great is to see you guys. unlikely. You you don't bet on that ever. Yeah, same town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, you. thanks, Monica. You're welcome. Great to talk to you.
Good choice. How many meatballs did you eat? I had three. Very sensible. You are so disciplined. They were delicious, by the way. I'm going to eat meatballs. I'm gonna, it's going to be double digits at least. Oh, yeah. All right, thanks. So let's play what uh, the owner of the King said on the basketball court. Do you want the full comment? Uh, yeah, sure. What um, did Was this before the game, after? Or I believe what? this was after. After, okay. Go ahead. This is Vivek Ranadive. On Sunday, we had a horrific, horrific tragedy in our community. And on behalf of the players, the executives, ownership, and the entire King's family, I first of all wanted to express our deepest sympathies to the family. What happened was absolutely horrific, and we are so very sorry, we're so very sorry for your loss. I also wanted to say that we at the Kings recognize your people's ability to protest peacefully, and we respect that. We here at the Kings recognize that we have a big platform. It's a privilege, but it's also a responsibility. It's a responsibility that we take very seriously. And we stand here before you, old, young, black, white, brown, and we are all united in our commitment We recognize that it's not just business as usual, and we are going to work really hard to bring everybody together to make the world a better place, starting with our own community. And we're going to work really hard to prevent this kind of a tragedy from happening again. Now, let me translate in case his accent was too thick for you. Uh, you wouldn't, we have, have, wouldn't have gotten that out of a Maloof. <laughs> you wouldn't have gotten a full sentence out of a no, Maloof. No, we're sorry that happened. That's terrible or something. <laughs> Let me translate <laughs> in case Mr. Ronadive's accent was too thick for you. We have mostly black players and a lot of black fans, and you're all mad, so anyway, uh, we're not bad guys here. Thank you for hearing me. He really didn't say anything. I mean, he's he's in favor of few people, fewer people being shot dead by the police. So am I. It is a tragedy. It's an incredible loss for the family. It's it's terrible that it happened. But it's not a wanton murder by a police officer. It's just not. According to every reasonable standard of evidence, police procedure, etc. So the... The thing that keeps jumping out to me is the twenty shot twenty times. That doesn't seem. I I don't know. Is there an excessive? I hate that. But I've heard a thousand times. If somebody has a deadly threat, or you think he does, you eliminate the deadly threat. You know, you got two guys squeezing off ten shots each. I would like to live in a world where they could just incapacitate a guy take his weapon, nurse him back to health, rehabilitate him, and send him back to his family. But that's just not the way it works in a battle to the death, which, unfortunately, it did not need to be. But the question becomes, did the cops know that, or should they have known that, or could they have known that? If if there was <clears throat> much of a chance of the cops being uh, you know, in the wrong on this, I swear to God, Daryl Steinberg, the mayor of Sacramento, would be in front of that march. Yes. 
um, because that's the kind of guy he is. He likes stirring up and being on the side of what is right. And so if he thought there was a, you know, something to gain there, he would be in front of it. That That's the only thing that makes me think his determination is, um, you know, this was, as he said, I'm not going to second guess this split second decision. Yeah, listen, the cops are going to investigate the hell out of it. They should. They're going to go over their procedures. They should. They're going to meet with the community. They should. I hope, and God, some of you people, you just, you got one side and you want to shout your side. You know, the cops need to go over who they shoot and who they don't on a daily, weekly basis, the training and the rest of it. At the same time, what was going on with this guy? He's been arrested many times. He's got a lot of charges against him. He was a petty criminal. I don't know if he was drunk or crazy or what. Seems he was smashing windows. They followed him on the chopper. They he he went to his grandparents' backyard, which was in that neighborhood, and then was in the dark and trying to elude the cops and the rest of it. Let's re 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 teach our our kids. A don't do crimes and B for God's sake, if you're ooching around in the cop in the dark and the cops are looking for you, there's nothing more dangerous you can do. Give up. Raise your hands, for God's sake. Welcome to the game. I'm a Maloof. I uh, don't know what you're so mad. I uh, don't watch the news. Duh. Have you ever been to the Palms in Las Vegas? Duh. Settle down. We got John Barry jerseys on sale at price. We've, we've sold the Kings to four different cities. <laughs> well, we love Sacramento, yeah. but we hate Sacramento because we hate you. It's just a chance for us to bring back our Maloof voice. You mm. rarely have that opportunity anymore. So, there you go. Where are they now? Nobody cares. What is the short answer to that question, Sean? I, last I heard, I think they are a small owner of a hockey team. They're a minority okay. investor in a hockey team is what I've heard. They I still, like hockey. They, they still own the hot club in uh, Vegas? If they do, it's just enough to keep their names okay. on the marquee. They had to sell off most of that. There you go. All right, so uh, your children and grandchildren were just robbed of... I don't know, 50% of their income for their entire lives. And nobody cares. We just spent all of the next generation's money in this abortion of an omnibus bill, spending bill. Well, that that's one part of it. The other part of it is the process. I mean, who would come up with a process like this? 2,000 pages long, nobody's read it, and it passes couple hours after it comes out. What is that? We're going to talk to with one of our favorite guests, somebody or other. Oh, Jay Cost. Uh, we've had on the show many times. Coming up in a little bit on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Democrats don't care about spending any of the time. Republicans seem to care about it when they're criticizing Democrats. But now that Republicans are in charge, Republicans are like, Katie, bar the door. That's Rand Paul, senator from Kentucky. Gets tackled mowing his lawn now and then. Um, uh, he, he seems to be the only person, for the most part, in government willing to make a big stink over this budget. 
or this bill that just uh, got passed that Trump is now threatening to veto. I don't know what's going on there. Anyway, we thought we'd talk to somebody smart about it. We'd like to welcome Jay Cost to the Armstrong and Getty. Jay, what's up? How's things? Uh, uh, I'm cold. Here in western Pennsylvania, it's about 38 degrees and there's snow on the ground, so I'm mm. cold. How are you guys? Oh, we're good. It's just we've just, We think the government needs to step in and limit the amount of news every day. There needs to be about a 40% reduction in news stories because we can't cover them all. I get behind that. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, because you can't. How are you supposed to do um, Playmate on Anderson Cooper, uh, Omnibus Bill, McMaster and Bolton, uh, ch- trade with China? How are you supposed to do all that in one day? It's crazy. <sighs> I know. I think this is how Trump operates. I mean, it's always how he's operating, even when he was a businessman. He liked to keep a lot of pots on the boil, keep people on their toes, off balance, all that stuff. And now he's doing it to the whole country. Yeah, does he do that? Does he throw a whole bunch of balls in the air and then, like, walk out of the room and it just somehow relaxes him while it (laughs) it makes everybody else crazy? I think it does. If you read the art of the deal, you'll see a lot of this is just straight out of the playbook that he's been running for 30 years. Wow, wow. Will it work running the greatest superpower on Earth? Well, I guess we'll all find out together, won't we? I guess so. So, speaking of superpowers, and really the only threat that can bring it down, the uh, the omnibus bill last night, that was quite a bipartisan uh, victory, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you know, the omnibus tradition now is very unfortunate, and, and it's really, you know, um, it's due to the fact that you, spending bills in the Senate have to get a filibuster-proof majority. you got to get 60 votes to get anything through on a spending on these appropriation bills. So that gives the Democrats a veto over appropriations in the Senate, which means that the Republicans in the Senate have to negotiate with Democrats. And to win the Democrats over, you end up losing House Republicans like the Freedom Caucus, and you end up losing Rand Paul, which means that you have to go and find more Democrats, and the whole thing gets shifted leftward. So it's, it's the whole thing's an embarrassment. Is this, because we were talking about this a little bit earlier, is this just us getting the government we deserve? Most households don't uh, save money or worry about spending more than they take in. Um, we, we get more caught up in the um, uh, who's ahead, R's or D's, regardless of the policy, more than we should. Is, is that what's going on? No, I think it's more of a problem with the rules of Congress. It's not just the amount of money that they're spending. It's the way that they the way they appropriate it. I mean, the entire appropriations process is pretty much broken now, which is what this is. This is like a consequence. One of the consequences of this is that we just end up writing these big checks all at once. The checks are larger. But the other thing is that we don't you know, there's really little effort in congress now where they sit down and they debate and and like how much should we spend for this program how much should we spend for that program the whole thing just gets junked into these massive 2000 page bills because that's the only way they can get anything done i think this is really a process issue that's interesting jay cost is a contributing editor at the weekly standard because we were wondering that about uh, paul ryan paul ryan has spent his entire career on being a fiscal hawk, and then I was watching him yesterday talk about why you should vote for this, and I thought, I, I don't think he's been lying all these years. I think he's just in a position where he thinks, this is the only way I can get the stuff I care about in the current system, the current current processes you're just talking about. Yeah, that's right. And look, I mean, because a lot of what's going on here is the Democrats 
play a game of brinksmanship, which is smart politics for them, right? Because they know, the Democrats know, that Republicans always get blamed for government shutdowns. And so if, if they start holding things up and negotiating for more, it starts making congressional Republicans nervous because, you know, 20 years ago, Newt Gingrich thought that he could push Bill Clinton out of the presidency by shutting down the government, and it totally backfired. And ever since then, Republicans have been punished by voters for government shutdowns, or at least the optics of it are bad. So when we get time for the the appropriations process and Republicans are in charge, the last thing they want is the government to be shut down. And that just gives the Democrats leverage that their numbers in Congress don't have. Like I said, the real problem, in my opinion, is the filibuster in the Senate. I'm generally in favor of the filibuster for, like, new pieces of legislation, but the filibuster just prevents Congress from doing its essential basic business in this case. And if we didn't have the filibuster, then you wouldn't need Democratic votes, and you could get something that is a lot closer to what all of us conservatives thought we were voting for. But then doesn't it just swing back and forth based on who's got the 50? Yeah, that's not necessarily a bad thing, though, because then the voters would at least have a clear idea of, well, what does it mean when we put Republicans in charge? What does it mean when we put Democrats in charge? Now it's just this one big muddle that everybody seems to hate. Well, uh, Jay Cost of the Weekly Standard is online. Jay, I would agree with you in that the process is completely dysfunctional. There could not be a a less American way to manage the finances of the taxpayers in the nation than we saw with the tiny group of people passing this massive bill, as you described. And, you know, it's my belief as a small government guy, it is impossible to manage a colossus of this size. And so there have to be fundamental changes. I think we're at a breaking point in the American system, uh, a conversation which we absolutely must continue with you, but we have run out of time. Time. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Time, the oppressor. I'm so sorry, Jay. We yeah, could talk to you all we day. We didn't get to talk about any of Trump's hoes. <laughs> Let's make an appointment to follow up with Mr. Cost yeah. as, as quickly as possible. Good Jay, idea. hey, it's always great to talk. Let's do it soon. Stay on the line. Hang on. What's a headline from you? Just one word. Biden versus Trump. Battle yes! of the Titans. Yes! Yes! That was way more than one word. Yes! Next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Dave Ramsey here. If you're... to the question McMaster fired yesterday have anything to do with Anderson Cooper interviewing that playmate that can't be I won't live in that world if the president of the greatest superpower ever on earth makes a maneuver like that to distract from some trollop talking about having sex with him I just I can't deal with that but I'll have a psychotic break but so this the changeover from McMaster to Bolton happens in April, right? It happens in a while. Yes, one. correct. So you could announce it any day. It would be almost stupid to just randomly announce it. Why wouldn't you pick a day Wait when a there's minute. some advantage to it? I see you working. I mean, that would just be, you know, malpractice practically to, well, I, to I, not I, have somebody think this through. And right. does he have a chairman of that or an assistant? He is the chairman of that. Yeah. That's ah. his greatest talent. Right. Speaking of the, the art of the deal and Jay Cost is uh, manipulating uh, the media flow. And Bolton himself said he only heard about it at the last minute. All yeah. of a sudden, he's getting called in. And what? Why would well, yeah, they say on Fox? I didn't yeah. see this, but they yeah. said when somebody brought it up on Fox News, he looked shocked. 
Yeah. So that's oh, a really weird. Yep. Really. He called McMaster to tell him he was being replaced, even though McMaster is just like two rooms down. Yeah. Mm. Does he just not have the ability to sit and, and tell somebody face to face? you're fired? Would Part you want to not. fire McMaster's face to face? The guy's a bulldozer. He said all the right things, though. McMaster's uh, said, uh, you know, it was an honor to serve and blah, blah, blah. Bolton will be a great addition, blah, blah, blah. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, we got a Battle of the Titans update for you. Vice President Joe Biden Whoa. versus President Donald Trump. No way. There's no way there's another shoe to drop in this story. The two old men have had to realize they've embarrassed themselves by trading these taunts. Surely one of them has found a shred of dignity. <laughs> and as NBC's Mariana Antencio tracked Biden down on Capitol Hill this morning. No response. Would you really fight the president, sir? I was talking about high school. Go back and read what I said. You idiot. I said high school. Biden responding to President Trump's tweet yesterday. Crazy Joe Biden is trying to act like a tough guy. Actually, he is weak, both mentally and physically, and yet he threatens me for the second time with physical assault. He doesn't know me, but he'd go down fast and hard, crying all the way. Which is an amazing thing to say. It's an amazing thing to say if it's your neighbor, Jim. And and he says it, you think, dude. In high school? What? Come on. <laughs> Quit talking about how you'd kicked his ass 50 years ago and made him cry. What, what is wrong with you? The, the level of detail in the president's talk <laughs> was amazing to me. It just goes on and on. Yes. He would go down to his knees crying, weep bitter tears down his cheeks. He is like a little baby. They're both just turning into the Mendel bombs from Seinfeld. Oh, you think you're tougher Mendel than me? Bomb. Trying to lift Mendel up heavy TVs, bombs. throwing their backs out. Yeah, they, they, they need to each lift 100 pounds over their head. Yeah, Trump is 71, Biden is 75, but we looked at the stats yesterday and we figured that Biden was probably in better physical shape than oh, Trump. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Of course, yeah. But, yeah. but, much but are we talking about now or, or 50 years ago? I think both, but much, much smaller. Um, the follow-up had, you had to have a follow-up with Biden and say, okay, so you would have fought him back in high school. Um, how do you see it going? You know, follow up on that. Biden with his Acting angry that there's a follow-up question on this. No, in high school, go back and read the transcript of what I said. Wait a second. You're the old man who's making claims about fighting people in high school. Don't get mad at me. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you said you were in favor of the Iran deal and I said you're opposed to it. All right. We're talking theoretical half-century ago fights, all right? That's our topic. Let's keep it in mind. This doesn't sound like the kindly uncle. No response. Would you really fight the president, sir? I was talking about high school. Go back and read what I said. Yeah. I said high school. Yeah, his, his, his tone <laughs> is, that would be crazy. <laughs> Only a crazy person would do that. Uh, I'm talking about if I were fighting him in high school. <laughs> which, is a, which is a sensible conversation. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> America's favorite Girl Scout cookie is... Anybody got a guess? The Thin Mint, yeah. of course. All right, the Thin Mint. You're right. They crunched the numbers. The Thin Mint... Whopping 50 million boxes sold in 2013 alone. Second, do you have do you have the full rankings? S'mores was came in. Is that second. the Samoas? There are S'mores. Is that a new one? S'mores. They yeah, have, they have S'mores. Girl Scout cookies. Yep, launched in 2017. Okay, so yes, that is a new Getting one. Getting the yeah. thumbs up from Hanson. He's tried them. He loves them. Mm. The Thin Mint. Now, was this study paid for by Big Mint or? It was uh, big peppermint paid th- for this. This story came from Fox. Gotcha. Yeah. Fox uh, it's clearly network. true, though. The Thin Mint yeah. is one of the great cookies of all time. Right. Eating a sleeve of those is effortless. The <laughs> most unfair business practice in the world is the Girl Scouts. Oh, the boys, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, you're right. They limit supply. 
they unleash the most adorable sales force on you all, all at right. one time. It's great. It's it's impossible to say no. <laughs> I love the Girl Scouts. Love the Boy Scouts too. Boy Scouts got to start selling beer. You know, they'll stop you a six-pack outside the grocery store. It's going to be a few bucks more than a six-pack inside the right. grocery store, but you know, you're helping the scouts out. Right. You're right. It is completely unfair. Here's a little girl with a chance to learn about salesmanship. Money goes to a good cause. It's delicious. How do you say no to that? And it's it entirely worked. a voluntary transaction. And unfair, at, and unfair, at, please. And at work, because I got hit up enough, it's not the Girl Scouts that sell them. It's their parents. Here, we got a sign-up sheet. You better sign no, up. No, you Don't give you those want... adults the Heisman. You buy it from the girls that are outside of the grocery store, looking adults in the eye, learning how to communicate and make a transaction. Now we're on That's the same who you page. buy it from. Right. All right, lastly, President Trump had a lighthearted but perhaps surprisingly truthful answer when he was asked at a panel for young conservatives yesterday. Your successful presidential run is something that all people, young people included, should look up to. What advice would you give to the 25-year-old Donald Trump knowing what you know today? Don't run for president. (laughs) We're glad you did. That is my favorite moment. I was talking to Mercedes and Sarah walking off for just, to, you know, the Oval Office is right across the street. And I said, all my life I've gotten really, you know, look, we all get every once in a while a knock, but I got the greatest publicity. I was getting such great until I ran for office. And, uh, but it's been, people get it. That is interesting. That answer is yeah. a, lar- a large part of why he ended up getting elected president. Nobody says that sort of right, thing. Right, right. Yeah, where it ends, nobody knows. No, uh, no idea. Now, if there's a theme yeah. for today, it's we're not trying to claim we have any idea how this is going to turn out. <laughs> nobody could be a disaster. Could be fine. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Once again, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> You know, George Bush, in a lot of ways, was a disaster. Barack Obama, fiscally, was an unmitigated disaster. Trump might be another one. Yeah, Warren Iraq Hard to say. has been called by many people the biggest foreign policy mistake in U.S. history. That's yep. a Bush thing. Yeah. The debt expansion under Barack Obama is just insane. Interjecting more and more government and less and less free market into health care. Oh, Terrible. We're, we're on a roll, people. Yeah. We're what on are you going to do? Live your life. Be as happy as you can be. Love those you love. You know? Kiss is still a kiss. Eat an entire sleeve of Thin Mints. After you put them in the refrigerator, because that's when they're best. Then wash them down with some delicious Cub Scout beer. (laughs) (laughs) And Boy Scout gin. Get your drunk badge. (laughs) That'll be the motto. (laughs) Maybe some Weebolo whiskey. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Kitty here. I get it. Conversation on the air right now. Yeah, jump yeah. on the microphone. Yeah, tough guy. Hanson wants to change our picture on our Twitter account. Where do you get off, man? Here's the, here's the upside of that picture on our Twitter account, Hanson. We're much younger, and <laughs> I was pretty thin when that was taken too. That was uh, that was yeah, yeah, young and thin. What do you want to replace it with? Something with more skin. I hope it, it is antiquated though. 
There's no doubt about it. It's dated. It has a look. So is the Bible, Jack. Wow, I hard that to argue with that. The Bible! That was one of my better uh, unfair arguments. <laughs> I think you should go Putin. You know, shirtless on a horse. That'd be pretty funny. Um, F you? Well, you give, uh, it a, give it a shot. We can always change it back. Well, I don't do, care. The, do the one where we're wearing our, uh, our dress shirts and I got a beard and the rest of it. The, yeah. the one about, we send out a lot. What was the uh, the picture that we got at the RNC when you guys were at the miniature oh, I White love, House? That's I love the that one. picture. That's yeah. the picture. Let's see if I can find that. I, I have it on my phone if you need it. Yeah. That's the one we got to do have you when ever we seen were in that? the Oval Office. We're sitting at a tiny little <laughs> presidential we're desk. We're sitting in the Oval Office. <laughs> and you guys are just so gargantuan, you, you right. make it seem like <laughs> right. the furniture is small. both 11 feet tall. That's All why right. you got into radio. You couldn't fit on TV sets. Uh, Trump is going to have a news conference today. Is he going to veto the bill, the the spending bill? Uh, it's it says it's on that, but he's going to get questions. You know, he he won't just get questions about that. He's going to get questions about Karen McDougal and uh, and 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 McMaster and how they didn't get along. Blah blah blah. You know. You know so uh, there you go. We both agree we're not going to memorize the names of shooters, but you apparently. Are memorizing the names of trollops. This one I cannot respect. That. This one in particular, she is going to bring down his marriage. I again don't oh. think it has any significance oh. other than it's just going to be quite the entertaining thing to follow a a Trump divorce oh, while Lord. he's president. No, no, this is bad for the republic. Don't you care about the republic? And he's tweeting about her. And all right, very, very quickly, give us a Karen McDougal tape number four. You went to his actual apartment in Trump Tower. I did. I didn't know I was going there. Um, I actually had a hotel room in the city at that time, well, for this trip. What was it like going at Trump Tower? I didn't know I was at Trump Tower. We went into the back entrance, so I had no idea where we were actually going. So we went to the back entrance, and then at that time I realized where we are going, and I said, aren't you afraid to bring me here? He's like, they won't say anything. And I'm like, okay. So we went upstairs and we looked around and... To his office or to his apartment? His apartment. Mm-hmm. He showed me around. It's very gold. <laughs> no, actually, yeah. it's actually quite pretty. The views are amazing. It's a beautiful apartment. Uh, they have great taste. And he showed you around the apartment? He did. There's the headline, Trump took a playmate in the back entrance. Now, um, mm. so mm. I think we have mm. successfully made everybody angry on this topic. Yes. Because we're not acting like it's a big deal politically. or We don't feel it's a big deal politically, like, like Sean does. It's not. I don't dismiss it completely as something you shouldn't talk about, like the other people are criticizing it. Because <laughs> I don't think it's of any importance. And I'm talking about it because I think it's going to end his marriage. So I think we've successfully made nobody happy on this story. To Audrey. To Audrey. Who, who was it who posed the question? I thought there was a great. Will Trump tweet throughout his divorce? Oh, absolutely. Oh, that would be unfortunate. So uh, I think it would probably go something like this. Malevolent Melania wants billions. I hear she's just an okay mom. <laughs> Sex was not good. Didn't help with the business. Funny accent. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be up in front of a crowd. Lion Melania, spell it right. M-E-L. The crowd cheering. Our Twitter poll, how will President Trump's marriage end? Your three choices. In a public public spectacle of a divorce. No divorce, just hatred. Or a Red Sparrow-style murder, because she is clearly a foreign agent. 20, well, 12% of you said Red Sparrow murder. That would be something. That would be something. Uh, 22% said uh, public divorce. It'll be a spectacle. But the vast majority of you who understand this sort of transactional marriage say, 
No divorce, just hatred. Two-thirds said they will just have a simmering hatred for each other. The underlying... Each will take a lover. They will pretend to be married. The the underlying raison d'etre for these conversations confuses me the whole time. Uh, Yes. Why are we talking about? Why Why are you telling me this? You were having sex with a guy you knew was married who just had a little kid. So what's what's your deal? How about we talk about you for a second? I mean, ah, the whole thing is just... It's which, tawdry, Jack. It's tawdry. Yeah. The only reason it's I... It's eroded the American morality, in my opinion, and I'm mostly serious. I just think because she, she says they were in love, um, Trump said he was in love, introduced her to the family, took her around to all, to all the properties and stuff like that. While Melania is at home with the baby, I just think that's something Melania isn't going to put up with. If if the marriage is real at all, that's the caveat. If it's a completely phony marriage, then it won't make any difference. But if the marriage is real at all, this is a bigger deal than just having sex with a porn star. Although even people in quote-unquote phony marriages, part of it is you will not humiliate well, me sure. publicly. Yeah, don't so. make me a laughing stock. Right. Like yeah. I just a doormat you can walk on, which right. is what he has done. Right. Or Karen McDougal has done. Mm, unfortunate. Um, There you go. Awesome. Here's your host. Back to the flute music. (laughs) Here's your host, Joe Getty. It's the best part. Final thoughts from Michelangelo. Michael. Okay, this tweet just in from Donald Trump. Melania is putting all my clothes on the White White House lawn. Appears to be setting him on fire. Fake wife. (laughs) <laughs> nice. Positive Sean, your final thought? Quick look at the mascot bracket today. We have the Wildcats facing a Mountaineer, a rare case where both teams have home field advantage. I like the Mountaineer in that one. We have the Clemson Tigers taking on the Kansas Jayhawk. A Tiger is a ferocious beast. We'll, we'll swipe down the Jayhawk, no problem. Uh, Purdue Boilermakers versus the Texas Tech Raiders. Raiders rob trains. That's what's going to happen there. And we have the Duke Blue Devils taking on the Syracuse Orange in a fantastic colors matchup. But... It is the Trump era. Orange will prevail. Oh, that's a good one. I think a boilermaker is the guy who makes the boiler, not the boiler itself. Mm. Marshall, your final thought? Hey, I'm looking forward to big fun this weekend. Going to be partying with a guy I grew up with, Sammy Hagar. Big show in San Francisco with him and a bunch of other rockers on Saturday. Sounds fun. Should have a lot of videos and stories for Monday. Jack, your final thought? Boy, I'm on the opposite end of that train. I got a text from my wife. Kids are sick again. As uh, somebody told me the other day, it's like they're little plague taxis when your kids are young and in school. So I'll go home to a house full of sick people, whining, needing medicine and everything like this. I'm not exactly partying with Sammy Hagar today. Speaking of weekend plans, I am visiting several fabulous wineries tomorrow and then participating in a roundtable discussion at the Hoover Institution at Stanford on Sunday. Is that because you're better than us? Yes, and uh, the little boy who grew up throwing dirt clods at his friends' heads, and they'd throw them in mine. What's happened? <laughs> what have I become? I used to be a dirt clod chugging delinquent. At what point do your kids stop getting sick all the time? It's got to end at some point, right? Maybe indoor plumbing would help. I don't. I'm not going to criticize the way you live. God, it's, but, uh, it's so expensive, though. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people think so little time. Go to ArmstrongandGettyRadio.com. If we talked about it, we probably have a link to the videos, the stories, etc. If you see something over the weekend, send it along. We will see you on Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Matt Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. 
We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.